0: Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by our pastor, Chris McQueen. Yeah, so this morning we are going to, we're going to close out the series that we've been, been walking through so far in 2021, and they're the, the four questions, and we've repeated them every, every week um and uh you know the four questions if you recall are what am i going to embrace what am i going to resist what am i going to test and what am i going to trust and so this morning we're going to talk about this last this last uh question what are we going to uh, what are we going to trust and um and so here's the thing I've, i've kind of had this this operative metaphor for myself running through this and, and i more to come, I think on this, but, uh, um, this idea of a compass, you know, we, uh, we navigate life these days, mostly by GPS, by getting precisely located by being able to enter a precise location and there being an extremely comprehensive up-to-date map sometimes even to the degree that it will tell us what the traffic is like and we can pick our route and then we figure out how we're going where we're going um and uh in spiritual terms if we're looking for metaphors and such this is not a very helpful metaphor for us life in the spirit does not work this way in my experience maybe in, in, there are moments Maybe you've experienced some of them. Maybe we're, that's part of what we're talking about in the nudges is maybe, maybe a GPS moment where the Lord says, you are here, here's the destination, here's the roadmap, and you follow along. But most of the time, we are doing something that is far more akin to orienteering. And what that is, is that's where you have a general sense of the landscape, hopefully. And you have a general sense of direction. Um, but there is no roadmap. It's It's topographical. And the way you navigate that, the way that you stay oriented, is you use a compass. You use a compass. That's how you navigate. And I'm increasingly convinced that this is the most helpful metaphor for us as we navigate through the world that is, uh, that is changing so consistently, is to have a well-tuned compass that helps us to, to figure our way uh, to direct ourselves. And so these four questions have actually, the, the idea here is that each question is a point on a compass and there, there are polarities that are involved here. And so um, I'm, I, I'm kind of calling these four questions our, our, our capacity compass. How do we direct ourselves? How do we manage ourselves, our emotion through, through, um, through our lives and direct them? And so this final point on this company is this question of trust. It's a really essential one. It's really, really important. And um, and so we're going to dig in now. I'm going to tempt fate one more time uh, <laughs> because I have a video that I think w- will be fun. Um, and uh, so we're gonna. I'm going to see if this will work here. I really hope that it does and again i have a suspicion this is just a short one this is about 30 seconds if there are kids in proximity this might be the time to pull them around because i think they're going to enjoy this and it is very fitting um some of you may recognize this uh this kind of room this is obviously someplace in a church yeah somewhere and uh um yeah, I'm just going to press play and we can watch and see what happens here. Hopefully you'll be able to hear it. But if you can't hear it, you'll at least be able to see it. And that's the most important thing. Fall. And we'll just, it'll be an exercise in building trust uh, between one another. So Harrison, if you don't mind going first, uh, step up here on this chair and close your eyes. All right. And then everybody fill in and we're going to ask you to fall and then they will catch you. So you have to trust us. So I'm gonna count to three. Just relax and fall. Okay? One, two, three. No, <laughs> no, 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 So who saw it coming? Did anyone see it coming? It's, it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, I love just... I, I love seeing all the faces in laughter. This is the thing. So, how many of you have taken part in a trust exercise like that before, right? That's and that's like that's the big fear, isn't it? That's the big fear, is that you? Well, not that actually. The big fear is the thing we all expected was that the group was going to let the dude down, right? And uh, and so here's here's the thing. There is a bit of an object lesson here. That's not just for fun, although it's mostly for fun. But there is an object lesson. What what went wrong? What went wrong in that situation? Anyone who wants to uh, un- unmute and, if you have an interpretation uh, uh, of what went wrong in that scenario, feel free to unmute and just and just let us have it. He, he fell the fell wrong way. way. He fell the wrong way. So, but what caused him to fall the wrong way is the question. Not enough I What's that, Doug? Not, not enough instructions. Not enough instructions. So that's part of it. So there were there were unspecified instructions. Um, a lack of clear communication. I'm seeing any other thoughts here. He, he also, he also assumed, assumed that he, he knew, knew uh, what, he, what was he was supposed to, to do. do. He assumed that he knew what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so I think he actually received. Uh, there's a couple of things. I think. Um, well, one. It, it, one more answer. If anyone's got any other thoughts here. All right. Here's what I think happened. The instructor told him to close his eyes and he, and he listened. If his eyes were, you know, for, for a trust exercise where you're falling backwards, ostensibly, uh, closing your eyes is an unimportant thing. It doesn't matter. Do you, whether you, you know, if you're looking forward and somebody says, Hey, I want you to fall and we're going to catch you and you, and you see in front of you that there's no one there. Um, you're, is it still an act of faith? Is it still a trust building exercise? Absolutely. Right. And so a couple things went wrong. One is that the instructor decided that he wanted to get real fancy or the left, the, the dude. And he said, hey, close your eyes. And then so that was that was that was the first mistake. And the second mistake was that um, the, the the test subject he, he did. Uh, he listened to him. And so what I want to say today, because we're going to talk about trust and we're going to talk about faith, because to me, these are essentially the same word. Um in in meaningful ways uh the first thing i want to say is that it is utterly important that we step into trust and faith with our eyes wide open um and i am just so aware of of the complexity or i'm aware as i can be of the complexities that are informing our morning right now um, it's you know if we talk about having faith and trust in in Jesus, faith and trust in God and His nature and His character, um, you know it's very fair to say uh, my eyes are open though, and I'm seeing things and I'm wrestling with things, and I want to just encourage us that we need to have our eyes wide open as maybe even especially as we press in to this kind of a conversation. It is absolutely crucial. And so I want to make sure you hear me say that. <clears throat> um, so as I've been reflecting on this trust thing, what are we going to trust, right? What can we trust? I, uh, I've been thinking just, well, what is our relationship with trust? I want to start there this morning. Um, and here's the thing that has occurred to me. You know, human beings are, um, are born um, among the most helpless of all creatures, aren't we? Um, have you ever seen you know calves being born um, or even you know birds hatching you know there's a season of helplessness but that season you know for some animals it's inst they, they instantly have the capacity to uh to self-protect don't they right um, you know, even like marsupial, marsupials, even even kangaroos. You know, they're helpless. They're tiny, but they have enough strength that they can actually navigate and crawl their way into their mother's pouch. Right? There's something they have. Some there's they have a capacity to act on the world. Human beings we're born, and we have no capacity whatsoever to act. To to support ourselves, we have no strength, no ability to properly even communicate. We are the very first lesson that we learn, if we have the benefit of learning anything at all, is that there's somebody who's worthy of our trust. If we don't get to learn that lesson, we don't get to survive. If we're born to someone who is fundamentally untrustworthy, we will die. And that happens. I mean, that, that's, that can be a reality. But, but, you know, for, for everyone who makes it past infancy, there was, you know, and I'm not saying a perfect trust, but there was someone who was trustworthy enough that you in your fundamentally helpless state were able to survive and be fed and probably have your nappies changed and all of these sorts of things, things that are essential and crucial for life. And so the first lesson that we've heard that we've learned as human beings is that trust is absolutely crucial for for uh, for succeeding in life right um yeah now here's the here's here's the rub uh the the, the second lesson that we learn in life is that trust is going to get broken the very first lesson that we learn in life is the very first thing i can, i'm convinced uh you know in at least generally the very first the very first thing that we unlearn too because trust gets broken Pretty quick in varying degrees and I think it's important to recognize that some of us have horror stories and some of us have really good childhoods but all of us have been disappointed by our caregivers every you know our very first trust on some level has been has been compromised or broken and so it's complicated so I think it's important to say that we have a complicated relationship with trust um, one of the main things that I have come to believe um, is that even even the most jaded and cynical and hard of us the hardened of, of hearts with regards to trust i don't trust anyone but myself that kind of thing i i think that that's i think that that's a little bit of self-deception i think that we are we need to be on some level trusting in order to survive and when that's fundamentally and finally broken i'm not sure that we're capable of making it to the next day that's what matters um and as with any of these questions, the point in asking the question is that we have some intentionality in terms of how we answer it. That we're not just answering it by, by instinct, but, it, but, but that we are answering and responding to these questions with some intentionality, with some focus and purpose. That's the hope. So what are we going to trust? We are going to trust something. What are we going to trust? You know, And there are two kinds of trust as I see it we're going to talk about the second but i think it's worth it to, it's worth it just to mention the first um, you know and, and and this is directly correlated to what we talked about the last couple of weeks it makes perfect sense to te- to trust something that you've tested doesn't it i've tested it out it's tested it's tried and now i can i can trust it on some level that's the point of testing in a lot of ways is to discern what is uh, what is trustworthy what i can then put some some weight on and uh, and you know I think it's important for us to 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 engage in that process, you know, to make sure that we are testing helpful things so that we are developing networks of trust that we uh, that we can actually employ because we you know we have some reliability. Listen, I uh, I went to the dentist this week. I chipped the tooth uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, driving me crazy, driving me nuts. This jagged edge in my and did I want to go to the dentist? in the middle of COVID no I didn't want to go to the dentist I'll tell you something I never ever want to go to the dentist I don't like going to the dentist um, it turns out that if I'm honest with myself which I haven't been in this I've called myself lazy when it comes to going to the dentist but that's a lie I am fearful when it comes to going to the dentist I don't like them I don't like the sounds I don't like the experience the, you know um, and so I had to go to the dentist this week and uh, so I, I get there and and here i am i'm in an enclosed space i'm i'm taking off my mask right taking my mask off with these two strangers now they're masked i haven't taken my mask off in an enclosed space with anybody except for livia in almost a year so i'm, I'm and then what am i doing and then i'm i'm lying i'm lying down and I'm opening my mouth and this stranger is putting his his gloved hands inside of my mouth right and then he's taking drills and they're making very high-pitched sounds and and it's like in reverberating through my brain and all of these things and it's my trust levels so two things one is that my my innate trust levels are extremely low right But what am I doing? I'm lying there. I'm keeping my mouth open as much as I can. And I am I am directing my trust in that moment. I'm forcing myself. I have to trust these strangers. I have to. I have to right now. This is unpleasant. um, But there's a purpose and I've been driven to this by need, because if I don't do this, I'm going to be in a lot of pain soon. Right. And I and I gave my trust over to them for that time. now, why did I do that? I did that because um, I don't know what it's called, but because they're trained people, because they have an association, because you need a license to be a dentist and put your put drills inside of people's skulls, and uh, and so I trust the process that's gone. I trust the institution that holds that dentist to account, right? And that's a kind of trust that we're that is that I have given, and that's a logical one, right? I have. I have recourse if they do something that is um, uh, that's wrong. There is accountability that's in place. Oh, that's okay. That's a trustworthy place. So I go in and do that. Now I have more cavities, um, but I'm not going to go back until after COVID because I, you know, because I don't trust them that much. But uh, you know, this is this was an experience, a very real experience for me this week. Then there's another kind of trust. And this is the trust in something or someone that we cannot verify ahead of time. You know, it's that it's that moment in a movie where someone is a place, in a place of great need, and they encounter a stranger who, who offers, who says that they can do something for them, and they and and there's this moment of can I trust you or not? And they have no tracker, they have no tr- history, and and you know the protagonist says, listen, you're just going to have to trust me, right? um it's uh that just i just saw a, a, a helpful tip come in for dentistry uh from from catherine on the zoom chat so um for those who see that if you listen to music on headphones you'll you'll have a better experience in the dentist chair that's that's a that's a good tip thank you for that um <clears throat> so you know there are moments now here's and, and here's the, here's the thing um when we talk about uh, trust in something that we are not able to verify ahead of time. We are not necessarily able to quantify and say, "Hey, this has run the gamut here." Um, then we are firmly into something that is correlated closely with faith. Now, I'm not talking about blind faith. I don't believe in blind faith, um, but I. Add, but there is a a leap. It is it is a different leap than the leap that I make when I subject myself to a dentist, to the accountable to guild or whatever, right? Um, and so, and our reality is that our relationship with God, who who here has seen God? No, we haven't seen God. Whom here has, has had a, an, an audible, sit-down coffee conversation with Jesus in the flesh? Anybody? You know, we are we are talk we are talking about uh, uh, this is a challenging thing there's what does trust look like in this in our relationship with god um and so as i've been pondering as i've been pondering th- this um a, a phrase came to my mind it's from david it's from psalm 27 which we're going to dig into a little bit this morning um but the, uh, <laughs> sorry, there's a great comment, Tanzim. I'm not going to read it over the, over the internet right now just for the sake of time, but that's, that's a good one. Um, the phrase that came to my mind was this. One thing, one thing I have asked of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the glory of the Lord and to um, seek him in his temple. Right. Um, this is uh, this is a, an expression that I've I've memorized as a part of my praying life. But this idea of the of the one thing, and I was thinking about this moment of vulnerability that we have as infants, where we have no, there is no option for us but to but to trust. And uh, and so I just kind of kept on pulling on this thread from this from the psalm. It felt like a nugget for us for this morning because we could talk about so many different aspects of trust, what it is to trust. We could we could uh, chapters could be written about this, um, but we only have so much time this morning. And um, and so I want to talk about the one thing. I want to talk about the trust that is correspondent with faith. The trust that is the thing that we build everything else on. We talked about this. We talked about what is it, you know, last week we talked about building on a foundation, right? Um, How do we navigate through this thing? Because our first trust is is a broken trust, right? Our our utter dependence, we get let down at some point in varying degrees. And with with that, there's actually, with, with that kind of broken trust is actually a kind of shattering of a worldview right the world becomes not safe initially the world is safe because somebody's taking care of us but then we're disappointed and suddenly the world is not safe now you guys all know this right the world is not safe we our lives demonstrate this to us the stories of this of this week demonstrate to us that this world is not a safe place our worldview is affected by this right and it's actually part of our human condition this is, this is right at the core of things. We can talk about propensity to sin and, 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 and of course. Um, but essential to this is that the world is not safe that there is uh, that our, our trust is, uh, is complicated. And here's the good news. We share this in common with Jesus, right? Um, we share this in common with Jesus, and we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, but I do just want to reference quickly that with regards to giving trust away, listen, Jesus trusted Judas, right? Jesus knows all of the risks inherent with any degree of trust that we place and the fact that it might not get returned to us. And so um, being in solidarity with Jesus is an important and good thing for us. It's a, it's a it's a way for us to navigate so i want to read psalm twenty seven and we're going to just talk about that a little bit this morning and I'm, and and I, and I think this is going to i mean it was for me anyways a helpful frame for for dialoguing about what this essential trust is this trust that we build almost in the sense of an infant that we that we give to to Jesus and that we say this this i'm gonna i'm gonna hold this in faith I'm gonna hold this in trust so Psalm 27 reads like this. I'm going to read the whole thing. It's not terribly long. It's long enough. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and will set me high up upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me, At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes for false witnesses. Rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the lord now this is a powerful song the context of it really matters because 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 david here is you know he's making some proclamations with a certain amount of bluster when he talks of his enemies and his adversaries and armies coming against him you know he the reality is that, is that David is, is writing this with eyes wide open. He is writing this, acknowledging that he is in a time of great tension. Of course, we, we know this, I think. I think we, as I'm looking on the call, this is not unfamiliar to us. That David lived in times of great tumultuousness, of, of conflict, of, of war even. Uh, it was not an easy go, and yet he is speaking these things, and he's proclaiming them. And so what was interesting to me as I started to dig into this passage, feeling like the Lord was sort of highlighting it for, like in this context of talking about trust, what was interesting is that as I started to dig in um, and, and, you know... Again, as, as we've talked about, translations, um, you know, are, are a thing, right? And so every translation gives a certain twist on things. But it's interesting, you know, in verse 3, it says, Though armies besiege me, my heart will not fear, and though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. But what's interesting is that that word confident uh, is actually it means to trust? That's what that word conf- that's translated as confidence. There, there's something about it that's this this trusting mechanism. And so, the setup in the psalm that leads into this declaration of his one thing, this is my one thing, is a place of even in a place even in a time of trouble and trial, even when I am overwhelmed, there is a proclamation of of trust. And as I dug deeper, I saw that there were a couple of of expressions of trust. And then there were some uh, fruits that come from trust. And I just want to talk about those a little bit this morning. So that first word, and I'm probably going to butcher the translations here, but batak right is to trust with confidence boldness and a sense of security almost almost a kind of reckless trust and so david as he says you know my one thing is is to, is is to press into the lord my one thing is to behold god in his holy space and to see his beauty and this is my one thing he he says it almost in that sense of like um a, almost a reckless faith or belief like a child who just Believes that they can, you know, in that, you know, the trust exercise of children, right? Where they fling themselves at, you know, very precarious situations, knowing that their parent is going to catch them, trusting without even thinking about it. And so there's this kind of dynamic that's at play as David sets the the tone from narrating his reality into articulating what what his great trust is in this life, which is that he has a place that he can occupy in the presence of God. That's what his, when he says one thing is to be in the temple, to spend time in the temple, in the holy place. This is him declaring that he has a space that he can occupy in the presence of God. And there's almost, like I say, a recklessness about it. Which is beautiful, right? Now, in verse thirteen, there's another word that, again, in the translation, is is translated as as confident, and this is it. Almost sounds like amen. Aman is the word, and and it is also a, a kind of trust as well that is that is there. It's it's a little bit different in its emphasis as he as he speaks to this um, to this promise um in in verse 13 and i'm just going to read the segment i remain confident i trust in this i remain confident of this that i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living now here the, the word is different and it's important it's it's different in important ways the word here that again is translated confidence or is to trust is the sort of trust that we put on a pillar the sort of trust that we put when we build a doorway in our homes Uh, There's 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 additional reinforcing that goes into doorways and passageways in our in our home, in our spaces, and it's this kind of trust that he's that he's talking about here. He's talking about a support, right? Um, A a confirmation, a strengthening, almost, a faithfulness. And it's important to me, you know. um, I've I've heard this talked about that you know Christianity. In in the gospel, if it's mishandled, can almost lead us into this thing where we put everything about the goodness of God on the other side of death, right? And so, you know, I've actually heard this recently: this idea of like Christianity being some kind of death cult or something, which is, you know, which is a really striking. Uh, both from people on this call, but also in in other contexts. And that's a really striking and and troubling combination of words for me. And I don't like it very much. Um, The reality is that there is something that we believe and hold to that's on the other side of death. Resurrection, eternal life, these things are crucial and and important tenets. But it matters that David says that his confidence, that the structure, part of the pillar of his hope, part of the pillar of his faith, in his belief and his trust in God, is that he's going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That there is a sense and tenacity to which he's holding and saying, I don't understand the context of everything that's happening around me, but I'm believing for the goodness of God and the tastes of it here. And I'm going to live into an anticipation for that here. I think that that's important and actually kind of beautiful right and so in verse 13 I'll repeat it I remain confident I remain trusting in this I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and then it closes with verse 14 wait for the Lord be strong and take heart and wait wait for the Lord and I want to just talk for a moment about these verse 14 gives us I think three again three words and three pieces of fruit that I think are part of the enacting of trust in 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 God, and I want to very specifically say in the goodness of God. Um, that is that uh, I've talked about this before. This is absolutely at the center of what I personally have built my life on. This is the one thing that I will not put up for for grabs in my contemplating and my questions. I do not question the goodness of God. I I, I refuse to allow myself the room for it. Now I'm not telling you that you have to do that. I'm not saying that, you know, but in my life, I can tell you the fruit of my life is that holding this, saying, I'm going to make this a pillar. I'm going to hang a doorway on this thing, on this, on this pillar. God is good. That's what we're talking about. That's what David's talking about. And so what's this going on here? So this, this idea of waiting. <sighs> waiting stinks. Waiting means that something is deferred. It means it's not currently here i'm not able to access it i have a new camera on order i'm looking forward to getting it i thought i was going to get it on friday or no on thursday i didn't come i have to wait until monday so i'm not using that new camera right now i have to wait it's not here i'm waiting right but the word here Kava. It's it's to wait with expectation. There's a deferral that's at play in this kind of trust, right? It's a pressing in for things that we haven't seen, but there's this beautiful word, and the word is yet. The anticipation of things. And so, what's the fruit of that? I want to say that the fruit of of trust in God is that there's something built in us that looks like patience. And not just patience as in as in long suffering just for the sake of being tough, but because we believe that we're part of a story that is going to enact and in flesh, put flesh on the proclamation that God is good. You know, and and, and David is living in the midst of this, and in some ways the promises that he holds on to are don't come to fruition for Many hundreds of years, because so much of the promise that he held on to was actually tied up in the person of Jesus. Right? But there's a waiting with expectation. An expectation that is not a denial. And that's where it becomes a, a, a truly difficult fire to, make, to, to be in the midst of. But it, it's a thing. Wait for the Lord, verse 14 says, and be strong and take heart. Now, again, these two words are significant, be strong, kazakh, a developing hardening of strength. It's interesting, the word seems to have a certain process inferred here. It's not just be strong as in you are strong. There's a sense of, of in the process of this, you will become, become strong. It's it's developed, a growing in in resoluteness, and that also matters. This this idea of of almost a kind of stubbornness. Now I'm not talking about being immovable. I'm not talking about um, about being unteachable. But I'll tell you this. The decision that I've made in terms of what I, what, how I, ha- what what I trust about God. Um, when I say that God is good, uh, to me, that is that is rock, and not because I'm super strong. That's not what I mean. I've just decided that I'm not going to question that as a pillar anymore. I am unteachable on, in this regard. um and i have the scars to prove it because being unteachable sometimes means that you take scars on Uh, we need to be very cautious with with what we decide to be unteachable about you guys Um, but if we're not intentional about what we're unteachable about we'll become unteachable about things that we're not that, that are unhelpful my encouragement to you is to become unteachable in this regard to set in stone, make firm, rigid, almost to the point of brittle, this idea that God is good. Now I realize that that might be more difficult for some people than for others, and I say this hopefully with grace in my in the tone of my voice. But this is an exhortation, an encouragement. Insofar as you can, be unteachable. God is good all the time. I. 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 I In my best moments, I live by that. And in my worst moments, I try to speak it into the air at the very least. That's the kind of when it's growing strength, tenacity, but also stubbornness and take heart. And that that really is an uncomplicated word to translate. Have courage. There is no such thing as, as trusting in something that we are not able to have the full measure of, in other words, the full testing of, that does not require courage to enact the trust. And we are called into courage, courageous lives, you guys. Make no mistake. If the, the desires of the kingdom, the things that Brady has been talking about, and the nudge stories, and the things that we long for, um, all all of these things, participation in the purposes of God, is often not warm and fuzzy. It is often on the other side of risk and take and 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 being courageous. We're Be courageous in our tenacity. And uh, and I just think that that's meaningful and it's meaningful to me that the courage exists not necessarily in the context of the Psalm of like the Lord destroying the armies that are you know pursuing david or whatever taking care of business on that side of things it's interesting that david chooses to talk about courage taking heart and being strong in the context of waiting in the context of the delay in the context of holding out for the goodness of god and believing for it inside of lived life it matters. So we're going to close this way. I want to invite you. I don't often do this. I, I, My desire is usually to send us away with a series of maybe some good questions because those questions are... Well, my discipleship personally looks like me asking myself questions and responding to the questions of the Holy Spirit more than it is memorizing a series of dictates that are, you know, orthodox truth or whatever. Um, You know, and and on an important level, you have to answer the question, all these questions, all these four questions, you have to answer yourself, what are you going to trust? What are you going to trust? But I do want to give you an answer this morning that I want to encourage you um, to trust and by the way, trust in this case the act of it it looks like putting weight on it. the act here is 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 to not withhold um, but to lean in and to give your full weight to that's what it means to to trust here um, and i want to I want to suggest that when we talk about the one thing what's the foundational trust what's the trust that we're going to build on um there are all kinds of counterfeits that are out there, including our own capacity, including our uh, financial independence, uh, including our even, you know, in, in sort of pseudo healthier ways, our, our relationships. There are lots of things that we can say are our fundamental trust. This is the trust that we're going to build everything else on. Some of them are more, more appealing than others. Um, but I want to read again David's one thing his trust and i want to call us to that and weave this into this declaration that god is good this is what he says in verse four to five verses four and five of psalm 27 one thing i ask from the lord this only do i seek that i might dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the lord to seek him in his temple for in the day of trouble He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high up on a rock. The only way, the only way that the author can write this is if he understands, David, if he understands that he is loved by a good God and that there is a place for him. In the presence of that good God. It's the only way he gets to his one thing. You remove any one of those things. If God is not good, if David is not loved, and if there is no place for him in in that holy place, the whole thing falls to pieces. And this is my own discipleship, discipleship journey right now to be able to say the words, I am the beloved of God. Come what may, And God is good. I've lived out the one a little bit. That first proclamation, I am the beloved of God. That's a challenging one for me still. But I believe that's the one thing, you guys. I believe that that's the trust. That that's the essential trust that will pull us through. That will allow us to navigate and so that's what I have for us this morning. Um, yeah, there's lots more that I could say, but I'm gonna leave it at that. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and uh, and then as we do, we can uh, take some time on Zoom for those who are are, uh, are are gathered here, and for those who are on Facebook or YouTube, be well. Jesus. Um, We like to think that we're pretty strong. Sometimes we like to think that uh, every now and then we like to we like to pretend that we're masters of our own universe. Um, but Lord, we want to invite Your presence to come and to reshape our. trusting Um, Lord around you your character your nature Jesus in the griefs of this time in the specific griefs of this week we acknowledge we with eyes open we say clearly we don't always see it we have questions we don't understand and yet lord we uh, well i'll speak in the first person you can agree with me if you do i declare into the complexity and the heartbreak of this time that you are good that you have never stopped being good that your goodness is not tarnished Lord, that we do not understand, but that we trust. I trust. I trust in your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. And I ask, Lord, that you put this rock underneath our feet. And we know that you can be good and we can be in grief all at the same time. God, help us in in this time. We trust you, Jesus. Amen. So, again, for those who are, have joined us somewhere else on the internet, be well. God be with you this week, and uh, we'll see you see you next week.